This weekend's UFC 262 is sure to be a can't-miss event. Every punch, kick, and knockout means so much more with DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of UFC, is giving you a shot at huge cash prizes. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering all customers a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. You hear that, Taylor? Millions with an M. Wow. So if you haven't tried it yet, fantasy MMA is pretty easy to play. Uh, You just pick six fighters, you stay under the salary cap, pile up points or advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Plus, don't forget about basketball and hockey, where DraftKings has even more money up for for grabs throughout the week, which is, uh, yeah, don't forget about hockey. You're listening to a hockey podcast. Mm. So DraftKings is uh, safe, secure, and reliable. You deposit and withdraw funds at your convenience. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN for your shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And today we are joined by a good friend of the pod. Always excited to have him on and talk Sabres as unfortunate of a team as they are. But we are very excited to welcome our man Anthony from Expected Buffalo back to Straight Up Sabres. Anthony, what's going on? How are you, man? Doing pretty good, fellas. How about yourselves? Better now that the season's over. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, seriously. I think so we're all ready for that to end. Right, exactly. Well, let's just jump right into that then before we get into mm-hmm. our eventual topic. Um, what were your just general thoughts as the season is now wrapped up? We're a week out of uh, those very eventful exit interviews and, and end of your press conferences. So generally speaking, where are you at now that we're a week into the off season? Yeah, I guess I'll start a little bit uh, chronologically. So to close out the season, I think it was great. You know, they, they did everything that we've been kind of asking the Sabres to do for the last five years where, you know, you have a dead slate of games and will you please just try some things instead of, you know what I mean? Doing what you've been doing and just, you know, trying to stack up meaningless wins where I like that they experimented. I like that they saw what they had, you know, Samuelson gets a few games, Bryson, you know, Morgan came back for a little bit, but I think he might've re-aggravated something, but, you know, trying different line combinations, letting the kids all play together. I mean, that's what we've kind of wanted to see in this kind of dead space over the last, what, five, six years. So that was good to see. Um, I think any uh, serotonin in our brains from that was kind of drained out from those exit interviews. Um, Yeah, not great. Uh, Not what you wanted to hear there. I mean, whether or not you believe, you know, the the team is is precluding Jack Eichel from getting a surgery or or whose side of the story you want to take there. There's clearly like a a disconnect somewhere. There's a lack of communication, a lack of uh, accord somewhere there. And, uh, you know, Reinhardt and Jack are buddies. So I'm guessing Reinhardt knows about it. You know what I mean? And so he didn't sound too pleased. And then you got Adam saying, we want guys who want to be here and We've had the talent, but the culture is what's missing, which blew my mind because that's a lie. Um, so a lot, a lot of things, a lot on my mind. It's going to be a very eventful and kind of a wild card off season to see what ends up happening here. What does this team look like? 
Yeah, I completely agree. That comments we we had talked about it last week uh, on our episode on Thursday. You know that it sounded like it was an early McDermott comment. You know where he would say <laughs> strategy or uh, you know culture is more important than strategy and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And and that's just getting further away from where we want to be. You know, you think that with especially this front office that you make a move like bringing in a guy like Jason Carmanos, for example, that you're making a step in the right direction of of understanding player evaluation and what the actual problems are with this team and why it's been 10 years without the playoffs. And to, you know, I know for a lot of GMs, coaches, whatever, that's kind of a soundbite answer, but I mean, come on, you, you can't say after 10 years that it's not the players that are the pro are the players are, aren't the problem. You know, it's, it's clear that that's what the problem is. So, I mean, you said it, I mean, straight up, it's, it's a lack of talent. You know, there's a reason why, it, from my world, the analytics models every year predict them as an 80 point team because that's what their talent base is. And it's, it's not a lie. They're not just making it up and th- there's no culture factor. Amazingly, when we uh, when those calculations get made. So, um, yeah, he doesn't have a lot of evidence in his favor there. So one thing I actually wanted to ask to Anthony before we get into our topic and Taylor, if you have anything also um, definitely throw it out there but i'm just curious of those three that had those pretty damning remarks between eichel reinhardt and ristolainen who do you think is the most likely that we'll see in a sabers uniform next year and please do not say rasmus ristolainen i actually don't think it'll be ristolainen and i know cool. i i just made fun of kevin adams saying history was not on his side and now i'm gonna say that and history is <laughs> definitely not on my side with that take but um i think the one most likely to be here next year is actually sam reinhardt and we can get into that a little bit if you want. Or we yeah, can I mean, it, but... I, I wanted it. I really was hoping that was going to be what you were going to mm-hmm. say. I feel the same way, but I'm curious for why you feel that way. So I, it might be the time of year, uh, but but someone mentioned something to me on Twitter, and I just kept thinking about it, and it, and it just made more sense. And I, I don't know if this is just like confirmation bias for myself, but so let's let's look at the timeline here, right, where you've got Jack Eichel going down with an injury. The team doesn't talk about it at all, right? There's no, there's not even a real report on, on what's going on. You get the bogus rumors, which I'm sure you guys got flooded with, that he was in rehab, which is nonsense. Um, and, and so, you know, and the team didn't really quell those rumors at all either, you know, not until they got kind of out of hand. During this stretch of time, Sam Reinhart is doing a fantastic job, assuming, you know, de facto first line center duties. And you've got, you know, Don Granado singing his praises. You've got the smoke saying like, oh man, they're really, really impressed with how he stepped up in this instance, right? And everything was at a really high point. And you even had, I can't remember if it was Dreger or, or one of the insiders saying that maybe a month before the end of the season that the Sabres and Sam were discussing a long-term deal, right? So it's hard for me to believe because at that point, the season was over too, right? And they finished strong. So it's hard. I can't really figure out what between there would make Sam Reinhardt, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, it gets to the point where he, he'd rather be out he goes from negotiating long-term deal to out, right? Which doesn't make any sense to me. So I think that the Sabres knowing Jack's injury, and if this disconnect here gets any worse, that they would, they're not going to rebuild. I mean, they're not going to do like what we call rebuild. They're not blowing mm-hmm. it up. They, they can't afford to. And, you know, I, I, I don't like half measures when you're rebuilding a team, but they're not going to do that. I'm, I'm going to live in reality here, but if, I, I do think there's a real chance Jack Uncle gets traded here. Um, I think that there's a way they convince themselves that, that he's part of this culture thing. You know what I mean? And, and it, you know, when he got hurt and Sam jumped up, it got better. I don't agree with any of this, but it, 
I, I'm just guessing, right? So I think they bill it as, you know, they slap the C on Sam, like this is your team now, extend with us long-term, we're going in a direction, right? We're, we're getting all this stuff for Ico, we're, we're doing these things. So I don't know if that's real or if I just kept kind of like stumbling mm-hmm. upon bread, breadcrumbs, like, oh, that makes sense. Oh, that makes sense, you know? So um, that's, I guess, what I think is the most likely occurrence is Sam is back and Jack and Risto are both traded. God, I hope Risto's traded. Well, and that actually leads to a good segue into our topic, but I will say that's kind of been a thought that that, that I've had too with, it, it would make sense that if you wanted to further entice Sam to stay, to tell him, not only are we going to pay you and we'll give you the term, we're sorry, but also like, here's the captaincy. Mm-hmm. It, it does in a way make sense. Like you could talk yourself into it and you know, the, the Eichel trade itself. I mean, the, the, the prospect of that is horrifying, honestly. Like, I don't think that it's out of the realm of possibility that it could not be a total disaster and maybe they could get something, like, at least, like, mm-hmm. enticing enough back in return. But if, if history has told us anything, we probably shouldn't bank on that. If that trade package doesn't have Byfield or Lafreniere in it, it's a bad trade package. It's not. It's not enough. Absolutely, Just I've seen. I've seen people say that like, "Oh, Byfield's a pipe dream." It's like, well, then so is getting fucking Jack Eichel. Then no, what's sorry, a, what's he's under contract dream? five fucking years. Like, yeah. it's ridiculous. What's a pipe dream is hoping that that Quentin Byfield ever turns into Jack Eichel. That's amazing. Yes. That's like his. That's best case scenario. That's yep. the highest of his peak. Yeah, that's why it's not a one for one trade. It's byfield and things. Like, yeah, I, that 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 who was it the other day? I, I don't I don't remember because so many people are talking about this, but one, one of the insiders said that uh Cole Caulfield was too much of an ask. I'm like, what? It's a Come disaster. On. Like that'd be the worst if that's the best prospect you get back. So I mean, you talk about Calgary where now think about this for a minute, but kind of segueing, not really segueing, but it relates back to our, our last topic here. If you're going to do like a, a small retool here and keep Sam and trade Jack, Calgary makes a lot of sense. If they're going to willing to give you Matthew Kachuk back in a deal where you're kind of getting star player for star player. Plus you're probably getting Connor Zary or, you know, one of their better prospects. And so you're kind of retooling and replacing that to- a top six spot. I know he's a winger and not a center, but you know, point still stands. You're, you're getting a line driving forward um, in replacement. So if they are doing retool and not rebuild in a Jack Eichel trade, Calgary makes a lot more sense than, than people are giving it credit for. Definitely. So looking back on uh, the season, not just mm-hmm. for the Sabres, for everyone, uh, the last time we talked, you were here to do the season preview episode. And yep. I know you recently tweeted out the picks that you made. We all made picks. So I thought it'd be interesting to just look back. I have it up real quick. <laughs> and we all did pretty well. Pretty okay, oh, right? Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think we, we were pretty good. Yeah, I think you, you said that you had had three – you picked three teams to make the playoffs that didn't make it. I mm-hmm. had four, Brandon had five. So we all did most teams, right? Mm-hmm. It's interesting though, looking at this, it's like uh, in the central, we all had Dallas in the playoffs. Obviously that did not happen. Very oh, they, just made, they, they had just made the cup, right? That, that was a low yeah. hand. That was an easy pick. Yeah. yeah it seemed that way. Yeah. It mm-hmm. didn't make it. Uh, and then Brendan, uh, we, uh, I think uh, we both didn't pick Nashville, which is fair because who thought UC Saros was going to be that good. And then Brendan did pick Nashville, but did not pick Florida. Mm. which is Flo- yeah, remember i said florida was my hot take i wanted to do one bold one. Oh yeah the panthers oh, well, your, yeah. your other bold one you picked the flyers to miss the playoffs and me and brendan both picked them to win the east so that's a tough one but we both had the other three teams and we both picked the islanders to uh 
missed the playoffs. Me and Brendan did. Brendan actually picked the Islanders to finish sixth behind the Sabres. But other than that, I, we thought, I, I went full chaos on that one. Yeah. It was so awkward, too, because I think maybe a week or two after I was on that show with you guys, I got invited onto a Flyers podcast. <laughs> and they were like, so, uh, you know, what do you think? Like, in the, where, do, where do the Flyers fall in the top four? I'm like, uh, I don't. <laughs> and I, I, had to explain, I had to explain to them why. And they were just like, why do we invite this nerd on here? Like, I mean, <laughs> listen, had any of us known that Carter Hart was going to turn into Carter Hutton, I don't think I would have picked them to finish. The way, he he was a fantasy keeper for me. That was that was not great. <laughs> not yeah, great for yeah. my campaign. Yeah, that's brutal. I and yeah. Yeah, they they really weren't good at all, even besides Carter Hart. But no, they weren't. Yeah, wow. Right after, I mean, weren't they first in the East last year, or maybe just first in the division? Their division. Yeah, I division. Because I think Tampa was like far and away first in the East, right? Oh, yeah, that would make sense. Um, but yeah, and then the other one of the other inter- interesting things is we all picked Calgary to make the playoffs, and they didn't really even sniff the playoffs this year. Yeah. I mean, I think they might have been fifth, but they were. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and then. I think, yeah, we all picked Winnipeg to finish sixth. Which... Yeah, Winnipeg is the team I definitely underestimated the most this year, for sure. It's I, Hullabuck, I guess. <laughs> right? I mentioned yeah. Taylor. I like, was going to pick Winnipeg to finish, like I think, second. And then at the last minute, I was like, you know what? It, 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 Hallibuck can't do like what he did last year with like how bad their defense is. And you don't so know bad. how the rest of the yeah. forwards are going to be, but – yeah, they ended up uh, doing pretty well for themselves. What I really want is Winnipeg to surprise people and make sort of a run and convince themselves that they just need to get a big defensive, make a big defensive trade, and then send number fifty-five over there. Here you go, boys. He's a big, big boy. Hey, it worked out for Tyler Myers, kind of, right? <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> got paid a lot that. of money. I mean, so yeah. hey, hey, that, that I mean that might be a selling point. Yeah. Also, uh, Brandon did not pick the Leafs to win. The North Division, which I thought was bold. That was I, petty. I appreciated that. I, I, <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I admitted it was petty when I made the pick. I said this I, was, this is completely personal. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the other one is the the West. Uh, it was interesting. So I picked the Coyotes to finish last, and Anthony picked him to finish fourth. So they're kind of in the middle of that, uh, which is where Brendan had him sixth. Uh other than that though a lot of this stuff was kind of obvious uh we well i i had the four playoff teams here but it was out of order i had like vegas first and then minnesota fourth but like the sharks hanging around here and i think we kind of all like underestimated the kings maybe a little bit we all had the Ducks second last so that's something i mean they did mm-hmm. finish last so that overall i thought we did pretty well yeah not too bad go on especially with with brand new divisions where you don't know how they're gonna stack up um yeah no, yeah. it was how being weird the season was and all that. Yeah, no, it was all, I mean, yeah, there, there's definitely extenuating circumstances, you know, some teams getting hit with COVID harder and, you know, uh, the Leafs playing in the JV division. But uh, other than that, it, no, it was, it was good. You know, I, I was looking at the results because I'm like, I don't really know how I did at this. And I went back and, and actually went to the DMs because I had to, I sent them to you guys after because I couldn't find the episode. I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to try and find the minute I said <laughs> this, you know? So, um, yeah, not too, not too terrible. Yeah. And, uh, looking at it too, is, is interesting that like Dallas is the main thing I think we really got wrong, mm-hmm. but it's kind of, you know, easily explained. Like they had a COVID outbreak to break, to start the season. One of the worst ones. Then they had a second COVID outbreak and they had another, a third pause when the season got shut down and they didn't have Sagan or Bishop. And they only missed, yeah, you great. know, by a little bit. They missed it by like two games. 
Yeah, bad so, luck for them. Yeah. Go, go us. Look at us. Who would have thought? Could be a good bounce back contender next year, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only thing that concerns me about them a little bit is they're old, but, you know, Robertson's he had a great year. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, they're an older team. We'll see. Yeah. All right. So I think there might be uh, another team we're going to talk about here that could be not exactly talk about the team. We're talking about the Sabres, but in relation to another team that, Hey, maybe wins a division before Buffalo does the Seattle Kraken, which is, you know, we all were scared of happening with Vegas and I'm pretty sure it's already happened, but another team that has an opportunity, it's going to have a a big off season, their first off season, Seattle, uh, they're doing an expansion draft. Mm -hmm. So we have an interesting thing coming up, not today, but Brendan, do you want to tease that for uh, a future date? Yeah, for sure. So today, what we're going to talk about is, unfortunately, specifically the Sabres and their <laughs> heading, heading into the expansion draft and looking at the different scenarios there. But the eventual plan for what we're going to do is we're going to circle back in July with Anthony and Chad from Expected Buffalo. And what the four of us are going to do, we are going to team up with an opposite co-host from the other podcast, and we're going to co-GM seattle's team so each of the two like podcasts so, so for example it'd be like me and anthony versus taylor and chad they would pick it their own version of the seattle team we would pick our own version and then compare them for an episode so we're really excited to do that like i said early july probably for that because the expansion draft will be later that month so very much looking forward to it chad was going to come on tonight but he couldn't make it but i mean anytime we get to look at that smiling face of yours anthony we know it's it's a great evening so um yeah so we're really looking forward to it but with that being said do we want to get into this then sure cool all right so the sabers heading into the expansion draft have not too difficult of of a decision making process to go here especially again as i had kind of teased before considering possible trade opportunities at the draft they could be very well positioned to come away from the expansion draft pretty much unscathed so to start off let's take a look at the team's exempt list so these are guys that seattle will not be eligible to pick um due to where they are right now in their current contract status like on entry-level deals so the players on the Sabres exempt list includes Dylan Cousins, R2 Roostalainen, Jack Quinn, Brett Murray, Matej Pekar, Brandon Bureau, Dawson DiPietro, Lucas Ruzik, uh, Linus Weisbach, Matias Samuelson, Jacob Bryson, Oskari Laxanen, Casey Fitzgerald, and Yuka Pekalukanen. So that's do pretty we- much the team's entire prospect core, to be honest. Yeah, do we want to real quick go over the expansion rules for people that might, you know, may or may not know? Or oh, yeah, yeah, I was going to, yeah. So basically, it's just, it's kind of simple, and it's the same thing as last time. You can protect seven forwards, three defensemen, and a goalie, or eight skaters and a goalie, depending on what you want to do. And like Brandon went over, you know, those guys, and then we'll go over more guys, but obviously guys with no movement clauses have to be protected. And first and second year professionals, as we just went over in, in prospects, uh, unsigned draft prospects, especially have to be protected. And then there's like, there's some, a couple other things like you can't sign someone just to expose them, you know, like, which I believe happened. I forgot which expansion draft a team just signed like a 50 year old goalie. Cause they wanted to keep both of the ones they had. And it was the NHL was like, shit, we didn't think of that. They never do, but now it's like uh, one defenseman has to be under contract for next year. Have to play at least forty games last season or seventy over the last two years. You know the Fords kind of the same thing. 
Um, and then players, you know, career ending injuries that doesn't really apply here. Uh, but there's, there's a few other stipulations there, but yeah, basically it's pretty simple. I think. Definitely. And so, as we had said before, that really only leaves a pretty limited list for the Sabres players who are going to be available. So just to run through those lists, uh, as far as the forwards go. And again, just a reminder too, that this also means that guys who are UFAs like Linus Allmark and Jake McCabe are not included on this. So for the forwards, we're looking at Jack Eichel, Jeff Skinner, who has to be protected due to his no movement clause, Kyle Opozo, Sam Reinhart, Victor Olofsson, uh, Cody Eakin, Anders Bjork, Tage Thompson, Casey, or Casey, geez, Casey Middlestat, Rasmus Asplund, Zemgis Gergensens, and Andrew Ogilvie, the defensemen. There are five of them. Rasmus Dahlin, Rasmus Ristolainen, Colin Miller, Henry Okiharu, and Will Borgen. And then as far as the goalies go, again, with Lena Solmark being a UFA, a pending UFA, I should say, uh, Dustin Tokarski is the lone goalie who the Sabres uh, are, are going to be looking at here. So jumping right in here, Anthony, Looking at those lists right now, so aside from the obvious answer here, which, of course, Cody Eakin will be protected due to his importance standing <laughs> on this team, uh, who are you looking at right now in terms of guys who are no-brainers to be protected by the Sabres? Well, it's a little contingent on uh, the timing of the Eichel trade, if it, happen- if it even happens, but, you know, if it happens before or after, because, I mean, if you do it before, you're, you're getting probably younger players back, right? Um so it, it may change things. Same goes for Reinhardt. But with the roster as is, I mean, you have to protect Skinner. Reinhardt's a lock. Eichel's a lock. They just traded for Bjork. He's not getting exposed. Uh, Casey Middlestat is a lock. And uh, I know I'm forgetting somebody because you literally just rattled them all off. Uh, oh, Olofsson is definitely a lock to be protected. And uh, so they have a decision to make, I guess, with that. If they're going seven and three. Um, they've got a decision to make with that last forward spot. Uh, are you going to expose Asplund or Thompson? I would expose Thompson personally, but I uh, can understand the argument against, but I actually wrote an article for it at XB. Um, if it does come down to that Asplund or Thompson, why I would protect Asplund. But um, then as far as defense goes, again, really contingent on what they do with Ristolainen. If he's, if he's still in the fold, I mean, I would be bold enough because C- Seattle is a very analytics heavy team right now. Uh, with, just with the people based on the people they've hired, I would expose them. I dare you, dare you to take Rasmus or Stalinic. Go ahead. And uh, maybe they see him as a trade chip or something, but I'd expose him. But I think what the Sabres will do if he's not traded is they'll protect Darlene, they'll protect Ristolainen, and I'm guessing Yoki Haru, and then leave Borgen exposed, probably pay Seattle a pick to take Miller instead of Borgen, um, or just be smarter and either expose Ristolainen or trade him before this even happens. But um, yeah. That's what I think they'll do. I personally would just protect Borgen, Yokiharu, and Dalene and call it a day. But agreed. I feel like it's lining up more perfectly for them than probably not ever before. But given the yep. fact right now that we are just at the end of the line with Bristol Linen, and it's like it has to happen. It's now or never, especially mm-hmm. given his contract situation. Yeah. It's like you have to keep Borgen around, honestly. I mean, Yokiharu, you can't get rid of either. And Dalene, of course, goes without saying. So it makes too much sense to make this move at the draft. Um, mm-hmm. Not saying I want them to do it necessarily for like a, a, a pick this year or whatever, but they, they just have to move him there for mm-hmm. whatever they can, just so that they can make the easy choice, leave Miller, uh, you know, as, as their unprotected defenseman. And then, you know, you sleep soundly at night. Same goes actually too with the forwards. And I want to throw this out there to the two of you guys too. 
Uh, our pal Sabermetrics, Walt, actually threw out a great idea that we've talked about on the show before in a more general sense, which is trading Victor Olofsson. He had brought up the point that if it's possible that an Eichel trade gets you from like maybe a B plus to an A plus by adding Olofsson into the mix, then, you know, I think that that's a no brainer. And, and we've talked about the reasons at length, namely because of course, Olofsson, while he has a like top 1% in the league shot, he's pretty much useless at five on five for the most part. He is a power play specialist and specialist and the ideal scenario is you could find a team or convince a team that you're adding him into a package on, or if you're just trading him straight up that you need this for your team and we'll take a guy who's better at five on five in return and somebody who overvalues, I guess, what Victor Olofsson brings to the table. So just to throw that, that out to both of you guys, I mean, what are your thoughts on potentially trading Victor Olofsson, you know, as we're heading into the off season? Absolutely all for it, all for it. Because you said, and you mentioned it, you know, his five on five metrics are very, very weak. And even on the power play, you noticed when Jack Eichel, who is an elite distributor on the power play, was sidelined, Olofsson's production there absolutely took a nosedive. So if you're trading Jack Eichel, your elite distributor on the power play, you're, you're trading away a lot of uh, Olofsson's scoring potential on the power play too. So yeah, I, I think if you're going to, if you're not going to have Eichel on your team next year, you almost have, from an asset management standpoint, you would be dumb not to trade Olsen. He's at the top peak of his value right now. Uh, teams love goals, man. I mean, someone, they just traded uh, Dubois for line A. I mean, imagine if you had Dubois type back, I know he's not mm-hmm. quite as, as big of a name as line A, but he, he's, he's just that lethal shot. It's valued around the league. And yeah, selling high on a guy whose uh, value is almost a certainty to depreciate is something the Sabres never do. And it would be really cool if they did. And, yeah. and like, like Sabermetric said, pack, packaging them in a deal, if, if that's the difference between, you know, a, a B plus return to an A plus return, yeah, do it every time. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Olsen, even though he's only been here for two years, is actually not young at all. Mm-mm. He's going to be 26 this offseason. He's older than Sam Reinhardt. So he's not about to get any better. He is what he is. And it, while it's not completely useless or anything, you might – it's kind of like Risto in 2017. You can get a lot more than uh, you probably deserve because other people might, may or may not realize uh, that he's bad or would have, you know, some kind of, uh, you know, they would overlook whatever flaws because of something they'll fall in love with. You know, in this case, it's goals for Risto. It's, you know, whatever, being a big boy. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree. I'm, I'm in favor of a trade if you can get the right deal. Not, not like he has to be traded or whatever, but no. yeah. I, I assume you can get a good deal there and maybe that works into the expansion draft in some way. Who knows? Yeah, it could. Seattle's going to have a lot of picks stocked up. And if, if you're, if you're doing a full blown retool, which I don't think they will, but, and you're looking for picks. Yeah. I mean, they'd probably give you quite a bit for them, but um, then again, like I said, they're an analytics geared team and he's got bad ones. So um, maybe but not. Also they employ Jason Botterill. Oh God, that they do. <laughs> Yeah, Just that's why Connor Miller's the guy to make the deal. You know, if you're going to get a fourth round pick or something, not to take Borgen. Mm-hmm. Certainly. Well, Taylor, I want to ask. I'm actually curious for your thoughts too. I mean, just generally speaking, looking at the expansion draft, do you pretty much agree with everything that Anthony had said there, or what's your take? Yeah, I wrote down a list I would protect. It might be the same as Anthony. I'm not 100 sure. I'll just so. And one thing I wanted to clarify too is 
Skinner basically falls under this no move type deal. I don't know if we said mm-hmm. this. But basically, yeah. Like kind of have no choice there. But yeah, so I have a uh, Skinner, Eichel, Reinhardt, Middlestat, Olafson, Bjork, Asplin, Dalene, Yoki Haru, Borgen, and Allmark. Yep. Is that this? Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess it was the same one then. Yeah. So I don't really have too much to add there. I'm surprised, you know, three months ago at this time, I probably wouldn't have been protecting Casey, but good second half of the year. Same thing with Asplund, honestly. I wouldn't have been protecting him either. Beginning of the year, he's he's my surprise, both of them really, but I mean, my surprise player who is actually an NHLer who I didn't even think he'd be a productive AHLer, you know, long term is, is Asplund, man. He's been, yeah. he, he was my biggest uh, surprise. He's the prove me wrong guy. He really did put it together. Mm-hmm. By the way, is this uh, Borgen's, this is his third year of being a pro. So obviously he yeah. has to be protected. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is seem insane in hindsight, considering how good he was this year that we didn't see more of him, but that also has to do with Botchel having what, what, like 14 NHL defensemen on the roster. All righty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess that's why we didn't see Borgen sooner. Although it would have been really cool. To have seen him more last year. Oh, well, <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess everything turned out all right. Yeah, we had to get those sweet, sweet Zach Bogosian minutes at the end of the year. <laughs> I got to up that trade value. Mm. <laughs> Worked out real well for us. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, is there anything then that you guys, I guess, like surprise wise that you're looking at as a possibility right now, heading into the expansion draft. I mean, I I would say if anybody would have thought that the Vegas expansion draft went exactly according to plan, they'd probably be a liar because it was pretty wild. Um, And a lot of surprising moves ended up happening. And a lot of guys who were not expected to emerge in the way that they did ended up emerging. So anybody in mind that you're, you know, who we've mentioned that we're maybe low key worried about, or any just surprising moves that could come as a result of this? I don't think so. I think there's a pretty defined line of, you know, protectable players and not I, one thing I think they will do. I'm not, I'm not saying they'll, they'll expose him outright. They might entice Seattle not to take him with, with a draft pick or something, but I wouldn't be surprised if they protected Tage ahead of uh, Aspen. That's especially because they're, and, and I, I am the biggest hater of the sunk cost fallacy, but um, I think it's because he's the last part of the O'Reilly trade and, and that's such a bad optic and they're going to get a un, unreasonably, you know, fixated on that point and um, them being the saver. So that's um, a, it wouldn't surprise me. The management. <laughs> yeah. That's again, it's the sunk cost fallacy, which again, I don't subscribe to, but Sounds like they might. So that'd be the only thing I could, I could think of. Anthony, is there any way out of this hell in this off season coming up? <sighs> Become a Kraken fan. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's, it's, it's what, it's what I've said uh, since last season is take the Florida Panthers model. Bill Zito. What, what's it? What was his big splash signing this summer? <laughs> Anthony there wasn't one. Blair. Yeah. That's the thing. There, there wasn't one. He made five or six really shrewd signings for, for veteran guys with great underlying metrics, nothing flashy. And, and he took advantage of the fact that it was a flat cap. So he got these, he put together this like mercenary team of, of one year, two year guys who just had strong underlying numbers and look, it, it worked out really great for him. And I mean, defensively, God, that team's got like, like their collective defensive rate is like, they have like a expected goal rate of 60%, which is insane. Right. So, um, you know, 
all he all he did was just he did just the, the simple stuff right he didn't need to make a splash and it's kind of the opposite of the sabers where every summer they 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 seem to fixate on doing a big thing right like it was oposo four or five years ago and it was taylor hall this offseason right and like it's not a man ad like you just need to make a handful of really smart like transactions capitalize on market value and look you've got a playoff team florida did it in one offseason it was super easy and they didn't do anything cool man I mean, like they, they signed Radko Gudis. They they signed Verhage. You know what I mean? It's just low yeah. key guys who only the analytics guys were talking about, especially Verhage, who I think Chad his hair went gray after that because um, <laughs> that was his that was his guy. But you know, and and they're also the type of guys who, if you overpay a little bit for, it's not that bad in a flat cap to try and you know because you're gonna have to overpay a little bit. Buffalo's a train wreck, and the optics around the franchise are bad right now. But I don't think that precludes them from signing you know those low risk guys uh who who maybe don't have gaudy point totals and and aren't household names but like i just said florida showed you you don't have to do that yeah i've been thinking about florida because i I think they're kind of an interesting parallel to buffalo where they've had someone maybe who isn't as good as eichel but close and barkov and they have Mm -hmm. huberto who really good to be a second best player on a team they've had those guys and they really like they won the division in 2016 they made the fake playoffs last year but i don't believe they would have made the regular playoffs no and they so like they haven't really been good uh for having two stars like they have yeah so this year is i'm sure is great for for their fans to finally have a team that seems to live up to its talent that's 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 a very astute point that they they could the sabers really what they needed to do is build around the margins and not have major negative players not right. to mention anyone specifically by name but you know who i'm talking about um yeah that, i i agree with that definitely that's that's kind of the the model i would definitely definitely go after the problem i guess with this being also that they might have to make a big splash if they want to trade eichel like if that's if he really wants out that's going to be interesting i'd really prefer it not happen but right yeah i mean you you do and you don't right where i don't know if any of the top end free agent forwards are are really going to even listen to you especially if eichel's not on the team i mean that was the only selling point for taylor hall right yeah um and and i don't know what you really have to trade that's why i think that the the calgary proposition is is not a bad one where you're replacing that kind of not replacing but you're going a a further way to replace that production if you get a mac and chuck back where if you're trading Eichel strictly for futures or, you know, in a, you know, Turcotte, Byfield, whatever scenario, um, yeah, it's going to be harder to do. But if you're, if you're getting back a young NHL ready guy like Kachuk, I mean, yeah, you've got, you've got a little bit better opportunity there. I agree with you. Anthony, rank your top three trade destinations for Eichel. And by most likely? By, by, I guess most likely slash, favored return well i think my favorite return is probably still la um and i also think they're the most likely uh and then my other two teams are are teams i think everyone's been sleeping on i already talked about calgary so that'd be one of them and then i think the ducks um yes you know trevor zegris they've got they've got a lot of future pieces i don't think they can give you much in terms of of ready now players um yeah not really but uh yeah, I think in terms of having the pipeline to, to swing an Eichel trade and, and not to totally shoot a cannonball through your farm system, um, yeah, I think I think they're a lot more of a fit than people realize. 
Definitely agree. To me, what I've been looking at in terms of the the potential suitors, it comes down to in return. It's like Byfield, Zagris, and Kachuk are like the three that mm-hmm. I feel like I've locked in on. Just because, with I guess like the difference is because with Byfield and Zagris, it's you're getting a bona fide blue chip center, mm-hmm. foundational piece coming back in return. Kachuk is different because, you know, of course he's, he's plays on the wing for one. And I, I, I said on last week's episode that if you're going to make this move in a lot of ways, it's because you think that they probably will potentially burn it down. I don't know if they'd call it that, but like, it's a, mm-hmm. this is a monumental move. So yeah, in return, you're going to want to get that foundational piece back. And it didn't make a lot of sense for a winger with the exception of Kachuk. I said with the, you know, the winger mm-hmm. part is for, cause Lafreniere and Capocacco don't really interest me. Kachuk is like a bona fide play driving winger that if you run him like on the second line, or even if you were to play him with Sam, if Sam is your one C next year, I feel like maybe it would make a little bit more sense to go with him on the second line to, to spread that out. So you have two play drivers like that, but that is a very, very enticing proposition. I would say, yeah. I, I mean, Byfield and Zegris are, are great and they probably are one. I think Byfield's first and maybe Zegris and, and Kachuk are probably like two and two A two B. But something, something you got to think about too in a Kachuk trade, you would be getting more on top of him. It's not going to be a straight up, right? And if you can get Connor Zary out of out of Calgary, mm-hmm. that's 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 about as good as a return as you're going to get. You know, so you get Zary a first and Kachuk, like oh my god, like that's that's the best you could hope for. It's like a million times better than the ROR trade. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're still not getting the best player in the trade, right? Which is kind of how you gauge who wins the trade, right? Who gets the best player in the deal? Um, but it, it beats the hell out of Turcotte, Velarde, and two firsts. Like, that does not interest me in, in the slightest, right? Where Kachuk, Zary, and a first, like, yeah, that's way better. That's easily better. Mm-hmm. So if LA tells you, no, I'm not, I'm definitely not giving you Byfield, click, hang up. And the Rangers say, no, I'm definitely not giving you Lafreniere click hang up and call Calgary and say, let's do some, let's do it. Let's do a real player trade here. A hockey trade, if you will. Well, I think that's probably a good place to wrap this discussion up. But again, I want to, first of all, thank you, Anthony, for coming on. And secondly, want to again, tease that we are only a couple of short months away from our, our, expansion draft extravaganza that we'll be doing where again the concept will be taylor myself anthony and chad from expected buffalo we will be teaming up with uh an opposing or a a fellow pod uh pod host from the uh, other podcast and we're going to be choosing our own seattle expansion team so really excited for that we're going to tease that a bunch leading up to when the episode eventually airs but Keep an eye out for that, especially too, as we're getting into the uh, off season here, we'll be at some point or another scaling back the amount of episodes that we're doing a week for us on uh, straight up savers here. So keep your eyes out for that. But before we sign off for the day, Anthony, tell us what's going on with expected Buffalo. What's the latest? What, uh, what can we expect to see from you guys soon? Yeah, this is going to be the, uh, the kind of off season of, of Chad and Eddie a little bit over there. Uh, Cause I've obviously uh, got, you know, baby number two on the way and, and I'll, I'll be on a, yeah, be on a uh, short exile um, from the site. So uh, I'll be, I'll be back before free agency, but uh, I know in the meantime, uh, Chad and Eddie have uh, some, some player report card stuff coming and, and Chad's got more uh, equal trade hypotheticals, which by the way, if you haven't checked those out yet, he's extremely thorough 
um, and looking oh, at the different teams and, and, and what they could possibly part with and, you know, your best case and realistic case scenario for each team. And he, he really, really uh, does the homework there. So if you haven't checked those out yet, uh, please do that. And yeah, no, we're, it's going to be a very exciting off season and I'm sure I'm going to be, I'm like that meme, the dude like peeking behind the plant, like watching as, as Chad <laughs> and Eddie cover all this interesting stuff that is inevitably going to happen. So um, no, it'll be cool. Very nice. Well, first and foremost, congratulations on the, the soon to be baby. Very uh, excited. Thank for you. Misses. That's excellent. Uh, and everybody, you know, as m- myself being a, a proud subscriber to expected Buffalo cannot recommend enough, making sure you go check out them and, and subscribe for the content that they're putting out between the podcast and the articles, as Anthony had said, and he himself is included in that all three of you guys over there are just so incredibly thorough and just put out such detailed substantive substantive pieces that you know it really gives you uh, a greater view i guess of, of what the sabers should be doing but as we know this team to be there's there's a very good chance that they will just completely nuke this and it'll go horribly but at least we have smart people that make us hope in the in the times that uh, we're waiting for the bad things to happen so anthony thank you again for coming on uh as we always end our episodes with which you have now been on i think this is maybe your third or fourth time we yeah. always like to end with our random sabers player of the episode so we'll give you a second to think about it. i will turn it over to taylor first taylor who is your random sabers player of the episode today hmm, i'm gonna go with eric bergdorfer wow oh, that's random right that's, mm-hmm. a deep cut. that's a deep cut i like that he was an eric with a k i believe which you don't you don't see that a lot mm-hmm. we love eric with k's they're, they're great eric carlson <laughs> yeah i guess it's probably a european thing I hadn't really thought about that, but I almost is guarantee he it European? is. Berg, Bergdorfer? Sounds like it. Yeah. I think he's a character from one of those old-timey stop-motion animation Christmas movies. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I can't be sure. Like, he's a guy that hates Santa or something like that. It adds oh. up. It, it certainly does appear to be that way. Well, for mine, I'm going to go with the goose. Paul Gostad, just, just because I was thinking earlier today, I met him in an airport one time and talked to him for a little bit when I was uh, when I was a younger lad and it's pretty cool. Seemed like a nice guy. And, and then we trade him for a first round pick that became Zemgus Gergensen's. Just to tamper the mood a little bit there. Uh, hey, all star. A true, excuse me. The Sorry. Latvian locomotive himself, folks. I, I no disrespect. Uh, Anthony, who do you got for your random Sabres player of the episode? I'm going to go with Nolan Pratt. Ooh. Yeah. Deep cuts. That's a nice one. That's a nice one. I like that. And the reason he came to mind is because the. I used to write for, oh man, they were called letsgosavers.com and I was 15 and told the guy I was 18. So he'd let me write for them. Um, And my first article was about whether they should, both him and Newman had their contracts up and and who they should extend as the sixth defenseman. And so it just kind of clicked into my head. Like, yeah, that's probably the most random player I've ever written about. So, wow. uh, Yeah. I felt like he was a good one. I like wow. that. That's an some, excellent choice. Some people back, you know, a hundred years ago lied about their age so they could go to war, you know, mix up themselves. <laughs> but I think you're braver. You lied about your age to volunteer for the posting wars, which many men won't do. Braver than the age. troops. Brandon's saluting me. Braver than the troops. <laughs> Absolutely. Please don't say that. <laughs> That's a bold lie. <laughs> oh man all right well anthony thank you so much for joining us everyone make sure you're checking out anthony on social media as well anthony what's your handle can you share that with everybody yeah it's uh, at dbtbanth a-n-t-h 
Make sure you're following him. Make sure you're following Expected Buffalo. And also make sure you're following the presenters of this podcast, both the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics Hockey Podcast Network, the place to get all of your NHL league-wide action as we are now heading into the playoffs as they're just getting underway. Make sure you're checking out all of our fellow podcasts on the network and checking out the teams who are currently in the playoffs, whatever those are. Maybe we'll get to learn about them someday again. But uh, Hockey Podcast Network, check them out online at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com and wherever you listen to podcasts. And then also make sure you're checking out Buffalo Fanatics and all of the great Bills covers that they're pumping out again as we are now into the offseason. Getting ready for the uh, the upcoming season here as we just had the schedule drop as well. So very exciting things happening in Bill's world right now. So make sure you're checking out Buffalo Fanatics. And also we got to give a shout out to the presenting sponsor of this show, which is DraftKings. Make sure you are going to DraftKings and using that promo code that we dropped at the top of the episode, THPN, to get exclusive deals on whatever your betting heart desires, whether it is fighting or hockey or basketball, whatever you're feeling, baseball, whatever it is, daily fantasy sports, DraftKings is where it's at. So again, make sure you're using that promo code THPN at checkout to take advantage of some great deals. Thank you all so much for tuning in. This has been another episode of Straight Up Sabres. We'll talk to you again soon.